everybody welcome to the improv network podcast this is a series of conversations aimed at building stronger connections throughout the improv community um i'm james quesada and i'm bob wick and we are your education team for the improv network you can go to the improvnetwork.org make sure you go there i know you say it every time you listen to an episode i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'm gonna go today is your time to go go there now just take Are a look at DM your profiles. If, if you've never been, or if you've, uh, you haven't been recently, just go to the improvnetwork.org, scope it out, get, get yourself a profile, look at the resources, blogs, interviews, the dedicated improv FAQ page for an archive of these videos. Uh, the conversational episodes here, as well as mini lectures on improv topics, um, all there for your benefit. Um, we beseech you, <laughs> go check it out. We beseech. Uh, so, Bob, how you doing? Doing well, doing well, man. Uh, had the minorest of surgery Monday, and now I'm back. I'm feeling good. The yeah, meds are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> is there like just a uh, low level pain or uh, is it pretty rough? Uh, I just went like standing up and sitting down. Gotcha. And, okay. and honestly, it just, it feels like I worked out too hard on my core. That's gotcha. it. Like, it's not like pain, pain. Gotcha. Well, I'm glad to hear. Yeah. Cause you never Thanks, know with surgery, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, how was your week? I just, Got off of a uh, five-day bout with COVID. Not fun. Wow. Yeah. Man, and, and it's such a bummer, too, uh, to have to throw this in at the this time of year. Yeah. At the end of this year, that, like, once again, we're looking at a ramp up of cases and breakthrough strains that I, I'm, I've, I had COVID last year, and I'm, I've been vaccinated. I, I did not get my booster shot, so... Um, but honestly, like there's, there's people, you know, since I got, I tested positive and I let people that I was in contact with know, and, um, at least one person that I was in contact with, uh, had their booster and also tested positive. Um, wow. you know, despite being vaccinated, I don't think that they had COVID in the past too. So, you know, I don't know if you can stack them all up and, and if there's instances of still getting COVID, but you might as well assume that because, yeah. Um, it's just, you know, and, and you might think that like, oh, well, the hospitalization rate or the death rate is a lot lower with these, you know, persistent cases that are still coming through, but I lost, I'm losing work, you know, like I, yeah. I uh, yeah. which is, which is a bummer and my work's taking care of me, but like, well, not everybody good. is going to be able to say that. So Absolutely. Don't just think about it in terms of like, oh man, is it is it still likely that I'm going to go to the hospital or or that I'm going to die or whatever? It's not really. It shouldn't be in those terms. It's about reducing the spread and also um, the. Uh, it's still going to knock you on your ass and and keep you from doing the things you want to do for, you know, for me it was Wednesday through just yesterday that I was like bedridden and with my with mild cases or with a, a mild symptoms that that was still enough to like put me out. Wow. I just read that that I didn't watch SNL last night, but like their Christmas special was affected. They couldn't have a live audience yeah. because and that's yeah. Yeah, Not Charlie that XCX. Worst uh, case uh, scenario, like, yeah, man, I'm sorry you got sick, but <laughs> SNL. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to if you want to see a good SNL, don't yeah. don't take it for granted that uh, don't take it. You, you know what? It. I'm not a doctor and I'm not gonna tell anybody what to do with their bodies. But if you like <laughs> SNL and you want to be an audience member, you robbed me of a Charlie XCX performance, what? and it's one that we worked so hard. Yeah. yeah, we may never get it back. Even if we do, it won't be the same. It, like yeah. you know, 
what could have been. She had all that momentum coming up to Saturday, and then it got the rug got pulled out from under her, and I feel bad. Not fair. Not fair for her, not fair for us. Yeah. Um, but uh, for real, it's, uh, you know, uh, I suppose we'll just leave it there as a as a uh, top of show um, on the heavier side disclaimer that, like, uh, mask up, uh, you know, whether you're vaccinated or not, um, mask up and maybe reconsider. There's lots, I've seen lots of shows, you know, obviously New York is a dense metropolis, not, not the case mm-hmm. for everywhere, but, like, um, lots of shows and uh, get-togethers have been canceled uh, for safety and as a precaution. So, you know, over the holidays, maybe uh, just consider um, the reality of of um, these breakthrough cases because uh, your boy got it. I can attest. It's real yeah. and it sucks. So, And, you know, not the best SNL they, they could have put out. Just saying. <laughs> just think about that. <laughs> yeah, and... Yeah. What do you want to see on TV? What do you want to see in your life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So here, here's the thing. Uh, we, we probably should have said this more immediately, but um, we, we had posted <laughs> um, an episode with guest uh, Jane Morris, who we we're very excited to talk to. And, you know, this is really on us. Um, yes. We, it's it's a time zone thing, right? And and actually, we haven't uh, heard officially from from Jane. We hope she's okay. Um, but we assume because she's in Culver City in California that uh, it's just missing the Eastern time, which you know ha- has happened a number of times in the past. Um, we've had guests scheduled for uh, the show, and and yeah, we just miss the fact that it's uh, Eastern time uh, for people in Central or. Uh, Pacific time, yada, yada. And uh, all of our guests are, are very uh, uh, kind to say that, um, you know, we we made it clear and labeled it in the emails. But the truth is, it's got to be something we're doing or not doing because, because it's happened enough to where um, it can't just be an oversight well, of, uh, I, I think of the about guests. It's our fault. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about, uh, uh, I can't think of her name, uh, with the immersive theater and how every time they put on a show, they learn something and then they learn about communication and how, yeah, Mall- you know, Mallory, Mallory. Yes, Dance. Mallory. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's kind of on us to like maybe highlight it or like really drive it home. Like, and, and thank you for being a guest. And sincerely, uh, we are on the East Coast, you know, uh, or maybe even do the conversion, like, you know, <laughs> 1 p.m. our time. That's really what we should do. Yeah. Yeah. So. I wonder, I wonder, yeah, we should, we should just market their time. Um, So that's a lesson learned for us. And that made us think that why don't we just do an end of year wrap up debrief and talk about the things that we've learned in the past, this, this uh, year of 2021, doing these shows, having these conversations, because um, we celebrated a hundred episodes back in August and um We've been doing this since the beginning of the pandemic last year in the spring. We started doing these um, and did a ton. That's how we got to 100 so fast. And then we moved to weekly um, and we paired up with the Improv Network. And we've been doing we've been with them broadcasting here um, since the beginning of this year. So it's really been a year on the Improv Network. And um, that has given us the opportunity to branch out to other guests who we might not have uh, known or had contact for um, to bring them on and, and uh, have different points of view and different regions and, you know, benefit from the Improv Network's reach uh, of friends to um, yeah. come on and talk to us. So, I mean, yeah, as often as friend of the show, uh, Kurt points out, like sometimes these feel like workshops. And to be honest, I, I feel the same way, like reaching out to people with different perspectives or different takes or different philosophies is so interesting to me because you and I kind of came up, you know, with the the same training almost, you know, and yeah, there's, there's a a thousand ways to skin a cat. So it's kind of cool like to hear everybody's perspective and um, yeah. And just, and just take it in, you know, and and, and apply it. Yeah, there's there's only there's only so much that, that you and I could get out of um, talking about starting at different times or uh, the differences between um, you know how Detroit has developed versus uh, my short amount of time here in in New York and um, 
I think we tapped that out uh, by the end of last year. <laughs> well, so, we're doing like one hour shows daily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. And power to us for, for, for that. We really made a sprint, <laughs> not a marathon out of it. So, um, yeah. Are, are there things that uh, that come to mind immediately, Bob, when um, um, we decided to do an end of year wrap up? I think my biggest takeaway was when we got to the hundred episodes, I did like, I put together the, the, the best of show. Yeah. Um, and I was watching a lot of our old interviews and risk is something that kept on coming up to, you know, in the conversation. And I'm thinking uh, of the conversation we had with Chad and the, the conversation we had with Molly and, what risk means to me is different than it than what it was when I first started this and and in the past. Um, I think Chad made a really good point of saying that saying something that I would have considered edgy back in the day isn't really edgy because I'm not risking anything. I'm not afraid. I'm actually just saying something and letting the audience deal with it. So the risk is all on them. I'm in the safe place. I'm I'm raised. I'm I got the the spotlight on me. Um, there's no real accountability. You know, if someone doesn't like it, then you know they don't really have an opportunity to say anything to me. So it's like the safest place to say something stupid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so now risk means a lot more to me. Like I, it's got to be more personal, more vulnerable, and more you know educated, if you will. Uh, that's yeah. where Molly comes in. Like, what's your joke? Like, if you know, we talk about playing to the height of our ability or, or height of our intelligence, um, showcase that more. So, like, I've been playing a little bit different since, and I, I really appreciate them putting a spotlight on it and kind of educating me in that, that perspective. Yeah. So what about you? Is there any, or what are you going to say? I'm sorry. Well, just to piggyback on that, yeah, I think that um, that's been something that I uh, has been a recurring thought throughout these conversations um, for me as well is is like uh, every once in a while I'll bring up like feeling like I can't play in my style or or whatever like like the, like being uh, trying to get acclimated and figure out like what is the New York scene or, or you know figure out people who I'm playing with and and whatever um, that that's a part of uh, risk too is is just like um, doing what I want to do and, and following my impulses and trusting more that um, that I'm not gonna make people upset or or then the other the other the other thing that that's been a recurring topic um, has been like um, that that maybe if if I am playing with somebody and I play a certain style uh, and they are gonna get upset then like, maybe it shouldn't be my goal to play with them or, or that it, it, that should be the bigger issue is, is like, well, let's not get upset with each other for having different styles. Let's just learn to play the Absolutely. honesty of each other. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to name drop a lot during this episode. Cause like, do I don't it. want to take credit. Is that I'm not doing that thing. Like I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, I think another important conversation we had uh, amongst many, was the Rachel Mason one mm-hmm. when she like because I think when we were talking earlier about what the X factor was I always because I always put the heart mind was it heart mind X factor and head, head heart and X factor yeah uh, was it a pirates um, robot and robot. ninja yeah so I always thought X factor was ninja when it when it's not it's like the the you know the opposite if you will and and then we had this really cool part of the conversation because as an instructor i've known i'm giving that note to somebody like oh um you're doing awesome because you're taking care of that person who's the x factor but then again i never thought about thinking the x factor for pushing you out of your comfort zone therefore making unusual choices that you probably wouldn't do you know like yeah you get to a point in this thing where doing it doing a good scene is easy but doing like an exceptional scene that's you know scary and i don't think people realize what the difference is i think we become so conditioned to like be thankful like oh that was a good scene cool you know we got laughs but what 
where's your risk? You know? Yeah. You know, I, <clears throat> I guess I don't know if this will fit so neatly into the end of your wrap up, or if I can point to an episode where we really hammered in, into this, but the, the question has been on my mind of like, what is the value of improv or like at, at its best and for different people, like what is, what is the optimal, um, what's the best thing to, to, to get out of, out of, out of improv is, and, and it's like, so I guess, uh, one question for me is like, is it, um, is it sort of like a, um, fight club or like a, uh, you know, an indie underground scene, um, is it meant to be, is it meant to have a cap on like the real, like mainstream appeal or like quality right. and, and price point that you can put on it? Um, and instead be a place for you to do something crazy and exciting and experimental um, and, and push yourself? Uh, or um, is, is that phase of improv in a large scope mostly over? Not, not that you should ever need to get rid of it. Cause there's, I think there's always um, you can, you can always, there's room for everything for, for a variety right. of everything in a program, but like, should the weekend shows, you know, be mostly geared toward, toward mainstream appeal and doing like a micro. Right. Cause um, it's also a SNL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so it's kind of, it's, it's been an interesting thing to me of, of like, yeah. Like what is, um, what do I want to aim at? Do I want to aim at elevating the mainstream appeal uh, and consistency of, of the shows that I'm doing? Um, uh, or do I want to um, say, screw it to that and just aim at doing what I want to do and uh, mm -hmm. what is exciting to me with the trust that it will also be exciting for an audience and the people in the community that I'm also playing with? Well, I, th I think that's the way to go because we call it play, right? Yeah. We're playing. We're having fun. Like, just have fun should be the goal, to be honest. Um, and it makes me think, so I was teaching in Advance 4, uh, which in the Go curriculum is like the graduating class of like the conservatory type program. And every week I, I do a thing that a lot of instructors do, like, oh, what improv did you watch? And how did how, – what did you notice about it? And did, did you take away any lessons or did you see any lessons that you already learned be applied to what you're watching? Uh, and I actually, I, I did assign them watching um, the TJ and Dave documentary. Um, the trust is all made up. Mm -hmm. And then I had them watch. Um, <clears throat> uh, what's that one on Netflix? Um, oh, uh, middle edition Schwartz, middle edition Schwartz. Thank you. And, you know, some people liked the, the TJ and Dave, but overall, they like Middle Ditch and Schwartz. And to me, like me personally, I, I like them both. And like, I'm not saying one's better than the other. Uh, but I lean toward the TJ and Dave just because it's so clean, you know? And I think I, I like that kind of play. Um, because I don't think that's something I have an easy time doing. So I appreciate that, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh but the middle of Jason Schwartz, like the energy and sustaining that with two people and the malt and like all the, like, there's a lot of gears going on, but they will stop and like, Hey, let's catch up. Like, I don't think if TJ and Dave did that, I think I would just bust out. Like I didn't know you guys ever, you know, stopped to talk, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, like there's a mass appeal to that and that's, you know, and you can't, like I said, in the beginning, you can't argue which one's better, but, I, I think they both are enjoying their time on stage, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And that's, 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 I, I think that is the main thing. Um, because I don't, and I don't know, since I, I often will put things in terms of an either or, and, and yeah. when things are not mutually exclusive, mm -hmm. um, because I would love working on improv toward either goal. Right. Um, and there's ways to find joy in working on things uh, in any style. Um, uh, and, um, and yeah, what is, what is uh, exciting and experimental can also be um, have mainstream appeal, you know? Uh, yeah. So it's not like these things are, are, are totally yeah. exclusive from each other, but um, uh, yeah, just, just think about it in those, in those, terms especially as um 
theaters come back and communities rebuild and um, my trajectory and my, my like work uh, job has, has taken a different shift and I've taken this big long break from as, as many people have been forced to um, uh, I've also taken like a, a long break from doing shows. And so it's just been on my mind a lot of, of like, you know, when I really have time to get back to it, um, what way, what way do I want to um, lead with? Um, and what are the most important things to me about shows and who I'm playing with and what kinds of shows I'm doing? Because uh, th like most people don't have the, the luxury of doing it all, even though they're not, these things are not mutually exclusive from each other. Um, you often will only get a couple things at a time out of yeah. playing and out of a show. So you do have to take a look at like, is this valuable enough to me? And if not, should I stop doing that and start doing something else or, uh, cause you can't do both. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you, is there, was your, like, is there anything that, I don't know, is there anything you've learned this year that's like really changed like your perspective on anything? Um, <laughs> I mean, the truth <laughs> is if, if, if I had more time, uh, to, to, uh, to like review everything, um, right. I, the, the answer is undoubtedly yes. Um, uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to say, uh, one of the most, uh, impactful, um, I mean, so just some of my, my favorite episodes that, 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 uh, have, uh, stuck with me are, are that episode with Rachel Mason. Was it a really great one just on, um, I think Rachel, you know, really poked at me as, as a, as a heady person, um, uh, not overthinking it, but like, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, that, that, that really made me again, reconsider just like, okay, am I, am I like, it's weird to me that like, I'm an X factor on stage a lot of the time and, um, a heady person off stage. And uh, so that has kind of made me reconsider whether um, <clears throat> I haven't been teaching or coaching a lot, but like it's made me reconsider like uh, whether I should pare down a lot of my analysis of things off stage to match what's actually happening on stage. So that's been one thing that, that I've, has been uh, kind of um, reframing for me. Another thing, I guess, is um, from a lot of different episodes is um, uh, narrative. We talked about all, that a lot. We've had different angles on narrative shows. And I've stated uh, most, most, in most of those cases when we've had a guest to talk about narrative that, like, it's not my strong suit. I don't know that I really enjoy it too much. Yeah. But um, I have thought about it less in about the the like if i were going to do narrative moving forward i would focus less on um trying to figure out how to uh piece together the story elements um not not necessarily plot but the you know right. where the story goes and i would just really focus on character and acting as an opportunity and um i think like what i've Come to understand out of those conversations is is that the driving force in those shows by and large is just good character um moment by moment you know um and uh whereas i think i have a knack for um the overhead view in like montage or like abstract things that that might connect um i don't have a knack for linear storytelling so i need to just like let go of that and play and just do like interesting character and be impulsive, but in the moment um, as a character and let whoever else is good with like seeing the, the, the trajectory of a story do that and um, keep me on the rails. Cause I definitely have been that person in different show styles uh, for, you know, the more um, uh, off the rails players or, or people who are not uh, thinking about the overhead as much. Uh, I've played that role. So like if I'm in a narrative, then I need to let go of that, recognize that I have a different role to play, which allows other people to play a role that I'm used to playing in the overall show. That's cool. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, that being said, like I, I am more of a narrative player, but I think 
we've talked a lot about understanding like your comedic voice and what your strong points are and and leaning into that you know during during shows and also like challenging yourself at the same time so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it, it, trusting your your other other castmates to you know do their thing while you do yours that's that's pretty cool yeah, that's pretty cool, Yeah, that's cool, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I agree with Yeah, what about what about for you, Bob? Um, have have you had things? You've been doing a little bit more playing uh, right. than I than I have. Have you changed anything about the way you play in light of conversations we've had here? Uh, again, going back to risk, um, what I think is risky uh, because going into um going into when the theaters were closing down that was right after the a little bit after the diff that where i took the the clowning uh workshop with chad and i was really into that kind of play like the for lack of a better term antagonistic in a way Mm -hmm. um but i think i i've changed how i how i do it so it's more i don't want to say safe but it's more safer for the audience more risk for me and then I think the biggest thing of change is the way I coach. Um, because I got, a, I think I, I didn't allow people to, I didn't give enough people enough slack, I think, especially like in intro classes. I, and I really like after talking to like someone like Dan Izzo and um, hearing about other people's experiences with improv coaches who c- kind of stopped them from doing the thing that makes them them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I learned how to appreciate that more. And now rather than try to show them how to focus it, I kind of encourage it more and let them learn their own focus. Cause again, I'm, I'm trying not to make a cookie cutter of Bob when I'm, I'm coaching or teaching, I have to let them find their voice and maybe coach them just like, Oh, you should do that more. And then let, uh, allow the other people that they're performing with to learn how to play with that style yeah rather than, than putting rules you know almost like i think this is gonna be the nerdiest example um professor x putting up little little uh <laughs> 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 i can't even do this <laughs> professor x putting up like the little mind things he did in gene gray to stop her from being coming the phoenix and then she she became evil because when she realized what he, he did to her and, you know. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, yeah, that's the you, dirtiest thing you've ever heard on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's and great. I, don't I mean, think that was that bad, but I'm just saying like. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, like it, people should be celebrated for what they bring to community rather than uh, try to try to help them figure out how they fit in. You know? Yeah. There's a difference. Uh, and I, th- I and again, I think that's been like a big mission statement of of the show and, and of these conversations, um, especially as we've uh, branched even farther out with um, the improv network. Is that there's room for everything, and we're like honestly trying to figure out how to how to connect with people of different styles and different backgrounds and different understandings of of what this art is and right. ways of doing it. And just to throw another analogy out there, uh, although I do love the Professor X <laughs> to Dark Phoenix uh, yeah. <laughs> analogy. Um, I dare it, you to make it nerdier than that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't think you can. No, nope, um, nope. uh, But I, but I, I thinking about it like uh, music. You know, if you pick up a different instrument and like uh, a lot of people play guitar, um, and if you pick up a ukulele or a bass guitar. Um, you know, your instinct is to, is to try to make like chords out of it, or, you know, you, you like, it's pretty easy for a guitarist to pick up a ukulele and uh, strum and, 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 and play, but then you're like, oh, this, this one has, there's a high, high string at the top, and then it goes to a low string and then, and then up uh, from there. And that's different from a guitar. And instead of like, you wouldn't just rearrange the strings to make it more like a guitar, you notice that and you go, oh, well, what can it do differently or why is it like that? Um, you know, or, a, or a bass is like, you focus on one note instead of chords most of the time. Um, and, uh, 
yeah, that's the, that's like with improv too. Is is like, oh, you're doing something kind of different there. You're kind of leading with a different type of thing going on instead of, uh, you know, unless, unless unless the curriculum for the theater is really about doing things in a particular way, or or you're working on a show process that is about um, is about bending to a, a certain discipline. Most of the time, it is going to be like you're doing something kind of different. Okay, let's let's see what what else does this <laughs> thing that you're doing do. And then we'll yeah. figure out how to use it once we figure out what it is. <laughs> and and to piggyback on that is kind of showing everybody else in the room like this should be celebrated. Like, oh, what's this? Like follow the like discovery yeah. of something interesting yeah. and new rather than let's hey, we got this narrative we gotta protect. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like who cares? Yeah. Does this uh comment make ring a bell here kurt says will miller and i thought it was kind of weird when you made us wear those helmets oh that had nothing to do with improv i just you know they're very dangerous <laughs> <laughs> kurt and will oh my god i just you know i i don't know what goes insurance policies are so i just i make every student wear a helmet <laughs> they play that physical it's just, yeah that <laughs> even before there was masks, me helmets. holding you back is me protecting my theater yeah also hi kurt Thanks for joining us for the uh, end of your episode here. And, and thanks for uh, tuning in so often. And you know what, Kurt, Sue, and all these people who show up every week to to help out and, and pay attention. Pay attention. I'm sorry. To, <laughs> to participate. Pay attention. That's such a freaking wise up. That's such an asshole thing. Thank you for paying attention to me. Uh, <laughs> no, but like honestly, like I always appreciate everybody jumping on with their questions. And everything is always up to conversation. So I just want to take the opportunity to think. Thank everybody who's who's whose comments and everything has helped this little train of ours stay on the tracks or off. <laughs> yeah, thanks for keeping us just off the rails. I'd just like to remind everybody at home I'm still on pain meds. So <laughs> <laughs> great, you're on pain pain meds, and I'm recovering from COVID. So we yeah. something. <laughs> no, I, you know, we're the X factors. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that that was big on my list that we got to this year was uh, talking to Dan O'Connor about improv. Oh, yeah. um, and that was really great because the, I guess the, the main takeaway from that as we stuck the landing by the end of the conversation was that the, uh, the, the difference between improv and impro is the V. Um, yeah. But legitimately it just was like this, this blind spot for me and this curiosity um, of what impro is and how, if, it differs from the improv that I'm used to seeing. Uh, and, you know, just, um, just, I, I love to, I, I can't believe that it's been, you know, not for lack of effort. I haven't really had the chance to talk with somebody like Dan um, who um, performs, teaches, directs, uh, uh, identifying under the marquee of impro more than improv. Um, so it, it's always great to like learn. I really, obviously we're both improv nerds. Um, and so just having a knowledge and, and answers for anyone else who comes asking about like, like what, what is improv is that, you know, that I, I can point to some, some uh, useful differences um, while still keeping it uh, connected um, and not hard line in the sand, uh, yeah. you know, but, but still yeah. accurate, you know? Well, yeah, I think about that episode and last week's episode with uh, P Graham, um and in this genre play like um you know because thinking about the difference of really taking on a genre and honoring it compared to like oh we got the suggestion of shakespeare let's everybody bite their thumbs and pretend like we know (laughs) that (laughs) yeah but actually creating um creating a, a a an improvised play that really looks like it was written by Shakespeare. It would be amazing. And, you know, like that's why people love improvised Shakespeare. You know, you don't have to be a Shakespeare fan or educated in Shakespeare to appreciate how amazing that show is. And we brought that up many a time when we come, because that's like, to me, that's like the easiest, easiest example, the most tangible one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, not to leave anybody hanging, uh, 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 by alluding to, to what I learned about impro and then not saying anything about it. <laughs> oh, um, 
No, 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 no. I, I realized it's not your fault. You didn't interrupt me no. or anything. I, I just was like, uh, yeah, I learned a lot about improv, so that's cool. <laughs> um, but uh, my my take on it currently would would be that um, uh, it's by and large the same, but obviously comes from a different background. And mm -hmm. like currently, as you might see it in the states, uh, improv is more geared toward what you're saying is is like genre study and narrative, at least in the long form. Um, category and uh just being more theatrical and and acting driven where more long form uh from improv and american-based improv uh focuses more on um you know sketch and scene by scene and i think right. you you do see both narrative on the american side uh us based obviously and you see scene by scene sketch type stuff in improv but i think with improv uh when you see scene by scene it's a little bit more um almost what they're uh, under what their short form would be. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know the, the, even, even those two categories are, are, have so much blur, uh, and, and stop being useful very quickly. Um, but yeah, like genre study, I, I do think it seems to be a, a strong arm, um, yeah. of, of impro and, uh, of a lot of theaters that, um, have an alternative to what, uh, I think a lot of, um, you know, game of the scene has been pretty trendy for, uh, a while or, um, you know, <clears throat> well, narrative sketch premise-based premise-based. Well, yeah. And if you think about like what we were talking about earlier about a, a form of improv that has mass appeal and it can also like have like, I don't want to say strict improv rules, but like, you know, it's not so uh, loose. Um, doing a, a genre show, like, a, you know, sticking improvised in front of any genre would create appeal because if you think about like, there's so many um, <clears throat> groups or, or uh, people who love particular genres, like to the, to the fact that they have conventions and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you, you can almost automatically, you know, depending on what genre you, you, you pick, um, you can almost draw in a crowd just by being so specific and if totally. you do it well, that's to me, that'd be a really cool way to, to have that kind of crossover. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's something that I, I want to see more. I would love to see P graph, um, and oh yeah impro uh like I, that's again that's a thing is is that like um we don't have a lot of that type of influence in detroit or really in new york no. in my experience i'm sure it, 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 there's places that exist out here and again i there's plenty of branded like narrative shows in new york um that are exactly what you're saying like you know specific genres um but uh, I would love to see more like long-standing, I guess like historic, quote unquote, uh, <laughs> in yeah. this modern art form, um, shows that that do that brand. Um, I, you know, even like the Bearded Company, um, who also do that at, at huge theater. Uh, I just would love to see more of uh, because yeah. I've only ever seen them on the road. You know, and they 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 do their best to to pack up the whatever if they're going to use um costumes or like light cues and sound cues and stuff they, they'll bring that on on the road with them but like i'm sure it's a whole different thing when they're, they're at their home home base so um yeah hopefully i get the chance in the coming year uh oh, to, yeah. to seek oh, out and see more of that stuff <laughs> that the the, <laughs> the improv podcast takes a road trip ah uh, yeah, oh, yeah 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 <laughs> If we can get the funding for it, let's do it. <laughs> we'll see how much people really value these. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Oh God, I had a thought and then I just lost it. Name payments. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, let's. We'll, we'll have uh, Kurt chime in uh, okay. once more with um, a favorite episode nod to, and I think it's actually uh, Natasha Boomer that you're thinking of from yeah. Toronto, uh, Kurt. But um, uh, with the weekly show that fell apart. Uh, the one with the big wheel, um, the takeaway was, hey, stop giving so many fucks and have fun. If you're not yeah. having fun, it shows. And frankly, you're not doing your job. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, Boomer and the Wheel of Improv, um, mm -hmm. who, yeah, I, also one of my favorite episodes. I, I could have talked oh. to her for days about um, the life of a show and when to let it go and, and a show's 
relationship with uh, its director, its cast, and its community that it's in front of. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the overall story, I guess, like, well, the, that's a big lesson, but the other big lesson I got from it, like, you can let stuff go, and you should, that's one of the things we talk about, um, just in improv in general, like, you know, we've all had those moments where we hear the suggestion, we have this big idea, but we're not the first to talk. So we can't use the idea we have. So you got to learn to let it go and not try to shove your idea mashed into whatever, you know, thought or uh, idea that was already presented by your scene partner, yeah. your scene partners. Um, so learning how to do that, but also learning like, you know, after a while you can bring it back. Like if your idea is that great, you can, you can, you know, give it some space and bring it back. And, or, or something I've, I've told a lot of students to do, like if your idea is so great and you can't use it right now, go write it, use it in some other form. Like yeah. you, you might not be able to use it in the way you intended when you first thought about it, but if it's great, you know, hold on to it somewhere and use it somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a moment where you have to, realize or decide um, if improv is the right medium for what you're trying to do. Right. Because uh, yeah, if you, there's a mo there's a time always, I suppose um, the uh, scene is bigger than, than you and uh, your partner. It's you're serving the scene and same thing with the show, you know, uh, yeah. whether it's that show or the show overall, um you know like a running recurring show uh it, it has a life of its own and um yeah it, at least in improv you can only steer it so much you should only steer it so much um uh and and you should be doing it to be part of that that bigger thing um if if, if that's not the case what you feel about your idea then maybe you should be writing sketch or um just working in a, in a medium that that does have a little bit more uh finite uh, or, or intention boundaries behind it. Right. Uh, I've, I've had students where I've had that conversation with like, you you have great ideas and you want to use them, but how you're using them isn't improv. So if this is the way you, if this is what you want to do, maybe improv isn't your thing. You know, you get inspired easily and you have all these cool ideas write them down, become a, a sketch writer or try doing a one person show because you don't want to play with a group. Yeah. And, right. you know, and that's what you have to do in this thing. Yeah. Um, or do stand up, or, you know, use your cool ideas in another way. But the, the, the way you're doing it now, you're not doing the art, you know, you're not performing the art the way it's intended to be performed. You're yeah. a writer on stage and you expect everybody to learn your script, which is impossible. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah you know i i've been watching as i've been couch ridden uh <laughs> i've been watching a lot of simpsons and okay relevant to this or again just to throw another kind of analogy out there is that like <clears throat> um you know boomer was talking about a, a point when her show might no, no longer be needed at least in its form yeah. um for the uh, community or the audience, they might need something different or they got everything they needed out of it or the show can't stay the same. Um, Much like Jean Grey turning into the dark Venus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, uh, of the Simpsons. And um, yeah. uh, when I, I decided to just like put it on while I was conked out of the couch um, and, uh, but just like the seasons three through 10, like I really, there's, there's maybe some from, later seasons that I think are, are fun, but they're not really the same. And, yeah. and, and I was thinking about how like the show's still going, but it's so different. And one, I think it's really like the show is more serving. Um, my opinion would be that the show is serving itself by just like going as long as it possibly can. And, mm -hmm. um, and holding these like records and titles and whatever for longest running, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. But the, I don't think, that the show, I don't think the world really needs the Simpsons anymore. Like, <laughs> no, no. Uh, and, and yeah, because, and I think you're right. I, um, I would say three through 10 are the 
to me, and that's it's kind of like picking your your favorite SNL cast in a way. Yeah. Like, what you grew up on, maybe like there there might be younger folks who'd be like, oh, ten, that's kind of boring. Do you see the way it's animated? Ugh. You know, like, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, uh, but but then on the other hand, you know, and again, people people would disagree, and we've talked we've no. talked on this stuff before in different uh, conversations. But like, I think South Park is still relevant, and they do, you know, they got they had these like pan- uh, pandemic specials. Um, there's like a trilogy of them, and they're really good and relevant and just as satirical and irreverent as they've ever been. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I think that they serve a purpose that South Park has somehow been able to maintain the, the voice and the um, the role that it plays. Uh, whereas wow. the Simpsons changed too much and don't serve the purpose they used to. And the world doesn't need the purpose or the thing that they are anymore. Like they're milk toast. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a big difference is South Park kills off irrelevant players. You, sure, yeah. And what was edgy what they started 20 years ago isn't edgy anymore and they'll take out those, you know, as they grow, so does the show. Yeah. Yeah. But so, so yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's so weird. It's tricky. It's a, I, I, like, yeah. and I guess, I guess kind of just to bring it back to improv is, is that like, um, at a, at a certain point, you're either going to have to uh, let go of the show and end it and have it just be come to a conclusion, um, or the show is going to have to evolve uh, in a way that transforms it into something else. Um, and uh, yeah, no, no, well, I'm sorry, I'm disagreeing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it's just it's so rare that that you can do both that 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 the um that you don't need to change much about the show, right? Um, and you don't have to end it. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and to your point, like I'm thinking now, like how edgy, and I, I think I'm gonna say like how how the phrase "eat my shorts" was like, oh my god, like I can't believe they say that on television compared to the things that South Park said. And mm-hmm. honestly, I wouldn't want to see a version of The Simpsons where they kept on heightening these characters until they they started swearing, actual swear words. You know, like, right. I, I don't uh, change the tone of the show and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, that's, I but that's why we have, like, Rick and Morty. <laughs> exactly, <know>? exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, so and, and, and with shows... Um... Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that, uh, let, letting go of, uh, I think that that, that can be applied in, in all sorts of different ways, not just like, uh, from the role of a director or creator of a show, uh, in improv or sketch. Um, but as an improviser is, is like it, you, you, you have to evolve yourself and, uh, put yourself in different contexts in different shows. And you have to be the one yeah. to move on from a show or, uh, kind of cap off what you're doing and move on to something else. And, um, We've also talked about how at a certain, for, for a long time, I think in an improviser's uh, development uh, in the art form, your job is to be versatile and do as much as possible and as many different styles and forms as you can. Um, and, and eventually, uh, you know, I think you earn the right to um, then be like, okay, uh, now I want to focus on one discipline or one style of doing things. Um and uh, if you do that too early, you are uh, maybe closing yourself off to, to different styles or um, uh, nipping uh, your growth in a certain direction um, earlier than your fullest potential. So, um, yeah, you have to decide when it's time for you to, to stop going broad uh, with your discipline and then focus and zero in. Um, and if that leads you down, you're like, OK, cool, you know, a, a show like P-Graph or uh, bearded company they're like we're done we're we're done with this genre when we stop having fun with it or or when we feel like yeah. it's getting redundant or whatever and they'll move on you know uh i think i think about the the biggest request we get as instructors has always been hell can i get the can i get that hard note <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard, like i still to the day this day don't know what the hard note is like that's not just like a mean thing to say to somebody like, oh, your breath. Uh, that's a yeah. hard note. Did that help you become a better artist? I don't think so. Because, uh, you know, our job isn't teach, to teach people how to be funny. Uh, it's basically to teach people how to communicate with each other or work as a group. Um, 
when you become an improv student, you're learning an art. And just like any other art, you have to learn the basics before you can expand and expand and become specific. You know, like if you're, you can't become a, a professional photographer until you learn how to use your camera and your equipment and, you know, go look, watch other photographers and see how they, you know, create a set or uh, what their eye does mm -hmm. or their camera or their equipment and all that other stuff. Uh, so the hardest note is, I guess the hard note would be like, stop being safe and never play safe or not never, but because I, I hate using, you know, never or don't ever things. Um, yeah. And, and the, uh, don't, don't play comfortable. Like, like I think yeah. I guess, cause safe, safe has a very specific connotation these days. Oh, thank you. So yes. like, yeah. 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 Be yeah. Safe. Like, but, yeah. But, but yeah. it's, it's In my brain. Rest. I was thinking, no, I, I yeah, I think that's that's like the 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 go to way to, to phrase it for uh, you know ha, has been for a long time. But but um, safe as in comfortable. Like if if you're if it's yeah. if it feels comfortable or if it feels easy, then um, you know you might be doing it wrong. Uh, uh, yeah. Take risks. Yeah, is what you're right. saying. And celebrate mistakes. I mean, if yeah. if we learn anything from Jill Bernard, <laughs> like mm -hmm. you you're supposed to be playing at a like. Shannon's out. Like I, I've loved our conversations with Shannon because she is always one of like, well, what else can you do? You know, what what does that mean? How can we explore this? How can we can dig deeper? You know, yeah. how can we play both big and vulnerable at the same time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, are there any other uh, favorites that that stand out uh, from the year or, or big takeaways? Um, okay, just mentioning Shannon, like all our talks with her, uh, the Rick and Morty episode was really fun. And uh, I think we were us talking about playing these big characters or, you know, exploring um, while expanding uh, our, our, our premises or characters within the scene it has been really cool. Yeah, it's so funny because, you know, like I said, I, uh, I, um, I think that that's what I want my uh, focus to be is, is just um, really playing character and um, again, letting go of what I think my usual, you know, narrative or not. I think I really just want to uh, play character more um, and see where it takes me because the, those, those types of conversations um, mostly that we've had about narrative and, and story and, and all this have been really interesting to me, uh, because I've said that like, well, I gave it a try and I, and I, uh, you know, uh, didn't, right. didn't love narrative. Um, yeah. but it's like, uh, I don't know. It, that's, that's my blessing and curse is, is that like the thing that I don't like or have least experience with is, is the thing that I want to do more of. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, again, I, I'm kind of at a spot where I'm torn between between like that idea of uh, should I just be like, OK, cool. I gave it a try and I want to focus on the things that I want to focus on um, right. or should I uh, uh, greet it as a challenge to um, how can I use that uh, and, and get value out of it without, um, you know, uh, forcing myself to do something that, that I just don't enjoy and uh, and and accepting that. So I think character would be my big takeaway um, for what I want to focus on in shows moving forward is, is, uh, is doing that and letting go of um, the overhead view and the connections and the heady stuff uh, so much. Um, so Shannon, during either that episode or one of the episodes we were talking to her asked us a question and I didn't really have an answer for her. Because, you know, I, I like my style. I like the way I play. Because it's fun to me, you know. Not because I think I'm, do, I'm doing it the only way. Uh, but she, she asked if there was anything we did during, like, a performance uh, to show the audience that, that we are, are making up at, in the moment. Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing. Like, is there a mistake or anything like that so it's not too clean? Yeah. And, do you th and I, I said, not really. <laughs> Uh, because I think my, like to me, like it should look like a play that's never been written, like more impro, you know, respectfully. Yeah, uh, sure. but I, I guess I think my answer would be now, um, 
I don't have to because I know I will make a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I, I will, I will. Like, and when and I don't mind getting called out on it, and I don't mind any of that, that's when the fun begins. So to me, if I did it on purpose, I lose the discovery. I, and, and I'm honestly, and I'm I'm just remembering that, or it's just been something I've been thinking of uh, of off and on since she asked it. So I'm not because I didn't phrase it correctly. I don't know if I'm giving the correct intent that she had. Uh, but you know, memory being memory, that's how I took it. And yeah, I think that's that's I think that's the way to go. Like again, we call this play, and that's that's my favorite thing to call it because it should yeah. be playful. <laughs> Like if the goal is to have fun, but also do it in a way where it's entertaining because that's also also our job. Cool. Yeah. 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 Big shout out to Shannon for yeah. joining us uh, for so many episodes and, and adding um, a, a much needed um, uh, input on, on things like story beats. And, um, you know, we've also talked about short form and long form and different playing styles in uh from from a community background in uh, Austin, or um, you know that that you you and I have not been yeah privy to. So uh, we really appreciate her being on uh, so many times, and for uh, all of our guests that have joined us for this year, and uh, for the entire run of the show. Um, I really have. Uh, yeah especially in a time where we haven't been performing, have done a lot of learning and growing uh, thanks to this show. So I'm really, very appreciative of everyone bringing the, their voice to the table. Absolutely agree. Like I look forward to these. Honestly, like Sunday is usually like, I used to dread them, you know, like before everything, like, oh, cause you know, tomorrow we have to go to work. So this is the day where I do all like the housework and stuff. Uh, this yeah. is like such a nice break. I, I just always enjoy this. Like I come out of the, the, the Bob Wick studio is always, you know, feeling pretty good, man. It's always fun. Yeah. So, and a uh, quick update on Jane. We did hear back from her. Um, and, and yes, we confirmed that uh, <laughs> it was a confusion on time zones. Right. Again, totally on us. Um, and uh, so what we'll do is uh, I am glad that we had this end of year wrap up as our last yeah. episode of, the year, but we will follow up with Jane. Uh, still looking forward to talking to her, and we'll just figure out if it's going to be uh, we can we can record offline with her and do a pre-screened or pre-recorded screening of an episode, uh, or we can uh, reschedule with her next year. Um, yeah. We'll figure out uh, uh, how to get her on here and um, and chat with her in, sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, for those of you watching live, or you know on the podcast or audio or whatever, uh, we're going to be taking two days, two, two days, two weeks off. <laughs> See, I don't even have to try. It happens. Yeah. It just, <laughs> baby, that is the money right there. See you on Tuesday. Uh, Young. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll be off the next two weeks for Christmas and new year's. Um, and we'll be back at it in the new year on the ninth. Uh, we hope to have a part two, is our intention with PGRAPH um, to follow up on all the things that we, uh, oh, which by the way, I don't, I don't know if, did we, did we explicitly say um, in, in last week's episode, like uh, that, that, uh, that was also an instance where we got our time zones confused. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe oh, we didn't yeah. want to call it out or whatever, but, but uh, mm -hmm. again, we, we had, we had a confusion on the time zones. Um, and so again, it's it's not just any one guest. It's uh, it's on us to um, uh, do our part to to make it clear. Uh, it's yeah. a beautiful thing that we're able to have guests from all over the country and even uh, internationally. Um, and we'll take the uh, extra step to make sure that we're putting it in terms of our guest and not and not just uh, on the eastern um, context we need of to time. Do the math for them. That's what it <laughs> does. Yeah. And also, hey. For those of you listening or students, like even people who've been doing it for a while, it sometimes it takes a couple of, sometimes you have to hear the note a couple of times before you take it. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, Kurt has uh, given himself a, uh, a grand total of owing us uh, $1,040. Yes, and um, I 
I think, you know, follow Kurt's lead, keep yourself a running tab for every episode you watch, just call it a workshop and whatever you're used to paying for a workshop. We'll never let us know what your balance is (laughs) (laughs) at the end of each year. Yeah. Just so Uh, we know, even if you don't, even if you never pay it, we at least know the the monetary value of your improv dollars. Not, not, yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, thanks again, Kurt, for turning, tuning in so often and, and uh, chiming in with your comments and questions. Uh, and to everyone else who's joined us um, as a guest or in the comments, um, we appreciate you being part of this conversation, these conversations uh, uh, throughout the year and over the run of the show. Anything else to, to leave people on for the end of the year here, Bob? No, just have a happy and safe holiday. Um if you want to watch SNL live, you might want to get a shot. I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not, not forcing anybody. I'm not telling you what to do with your body. Just consider it. <laughs> yeah, get your get your vaccinations, get your boosters, uh, mask up, be safe, and we will see you in 2022, everybody. Bye. Bye.